Madrid-based tour guide Federico Garcia Barroso is back with us right now to help us appreciate the visual art treasures of Spain. He's joined by Gene Openshaw, who co-authors the Rick Steves Europe 101 Art and History Guide. Federico and Gene, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Hola. Hola. So, Gene, how would you how would you tackle appreciating the art of Spain? I would certainly hit the top ones. Just think about the Prado Museum in Madrid, arguably Europe's greatest painting museum. Mm-hmm. Also in Madrid, Picasso's Guernica, a monster painting that not only is a testament against modern warfare, but is so much part of the Spanish history with its horses and bulls and weeping women imagery and gets right to the heart of Spain's civil war. I'd certainly put on that list the Alhambra in Granada. This is 700 years of Muslim settlement in Spain. We think of this great Catholic country, but for 700 years it was Muslim And this lush Arabian Nights wonderland is the best place to appreciate that. And finally, I'd say Gaudi's cathedral, unfinished cathedral of Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. This kind of gives the the grandeur of Spanish dreams in this cake melting in the rain sort of architecture with these soaring towers that's become very much the symbol of the city of Barcelona. So there's four art treasures that could hold their own against art treasures anywhere in Europe, I would say. Federico, when we're thinking of the Prado, Jean mentioned it's got an incredible uh, wealth of paintings. Um, I would call it my favorite collection of paintings in all of Europe. Why would Madrid have so many art treasures? The reason that the capital of the Spanish Empire. It's an example of how important Spain was in the past. Exactly. That is actually the best way to make our legacy tangible, you see, to see the history of Spain is right there in that museum. A lot of famous Flemish paintings mm-hmm. are in Spain. Obviously, yeah. because the Netherlands was actually a Spanish colony a long time ago, yeah. Now, Jean mentioned the Guernica, uh, this incredible painting by Picasso. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, the painting of, of Europe, when you talk about the mm-hmm. struggles of the 20th century, when you, in your city mm-hmm. of Madrid, think of the importance of Guernica to the Spanish people, what is it? The reason why Guernica is actually located in Madrid is because Picasso was the curator of the Prado Museum in those troubled years during the Spanish Civil War. And uh, that is obviously his cubist interpretation about the Spanish Civil War. For many years, that painting was actually in exile. It wasn't even in Spain. It was in New York City. And that's because Picasso insisted that that painting, which was so much against the current government of Spain, Francisco Franco, he he would not allow his painting to be in a Franco-ruled Spain. And it wasn't until Franco finally died and a new democratic regime came in that that painting could be repatriated and brought back to its homeland. So Franco dies in 1975. Mm-hmm. Did Picasso a, live to see that? Oh, it's a solid story. He, he died two years before. He died two years before his painting went back to his homeland. Federico, when you go to a gallery in Spain and you want to appreciate Catholic Spain, mm-hmm. what's some advice in that regard? Well, we have a, a master called Velázquez, and then we have to remember that we also have other painters like Murillo, Zurbarán, and Rivera. And those are actually the, the, the painters. That in most of the cases, we are talking about the voted men who really, really were deep believers, you see, and they Catholic people who really wanted to show to you the beauty of Mary, the Immaculate Conception. Gene, is, is most of this part of the Counter-Reformation sort of propaganda art for the Church? Yes, it is. I mean, if you think about that big watershed time in Spain's history, 1492, not only did Columbus sail the ocean blue, but it was also the time 
when Muslim occupation ended. It was the time when the Jews were exiled. And suddenly you had a nation state that was under Catholic kings, and it became ultra-Catholic. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Gene Openshaw, and we're talking with Federico Garcia Barroso about the art of Spain. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. And Mandy has emailed us from Morgantown in West Virginia. And Mandy writes, As a recent graduate with my bachelor and master degrees in art history, I was thrilled to visit Madrid and Barcelona a few years ago during a backpacking trip around Europe. One of my most memorable moments was viewing Diego Velázquez's Las Meninas at the Prado Museum in Madrid, and then going to the Picasso Museum in Barcelona, viewing 44 interpretations of that same Velázquez work that Picasso painted. That's a great moment, isn't it? First of all, Jean, I think Las Meninas is considered by some people to be the greatest painting ever. What is it about Las Meninas and Velázquez? Las Meninas, you know, some people may not know it by its title, but when you see it, you go, oh, that painting, yeah, that right. painting. It's that one where there's a, a little princess being attended by her courtiers and there's people in the background and so on. And the very fact that Velázquez could capture a single moment without giving that sense of these people posing for it, that was groundbreaking in art, a certain naturalness that we now take for granted, but that at the time was completely unprecedented. And Velázquez could have just earned his pay as painting the, the, the royal family looking good, but he really took it farther, capturing those intimate moments. Uh, Velázquez was an extraordinary human being. He was a really wonderful man and very ethical person who really thought that everyone deserved a portrait ordinary people like you and me, not exclusively kings and queens. And we can see that in that Meninas. I really tell people that that, is a, that was a 3D movie in those days. Oh, yeah. You see, because yeah. you are part of the story. You oh, are yeah. there. And those people, those characters, they know that you are there. They're watching you. You're watching them. I remember there was a time when there was um, a rope banister in front of it. It was almost like they had to remind people not to walk into it. Like, <laughs> like people put a decal on a sliding glass door, you know, so you don't walk into it. It is so realistic. Thomas is on the phone in Colorado Springs. Thomas, thanks for your call. Well, thanks for having me uh, on, Rick. My family and I uh, had an opportunity to visit uh, northern Spain and went to the small city of Comillas, Spain, along the uh, northern coastline, and had a chance to see an Antonio Gaudi home. And, of course, Gaudi's known for all of his structures uh, and architecture, but really in Barcelona, especially with the cathedral there. We just uh, fell in love with the small uh, home there in Comillas that uh, we weren't even familiar with. And so my, my question really is, what other hidden gems of architecture or art that we should be made aware of that are uh, hidden and dispersed throughout the uh, country of Spain. I'm going to give that question to Federico Barroso because I am challenged in Spain just by the, the marketing difficulty that some architects will have just by how do you say their name. We can say Gaudí. Mm -hmm. In the Art Nouveau movement, there were other artists that should be household names, but I just think there's a practical reason there. And also, I'm wondering, are there other architects outside of that era from Spain that, that Federico would like to share? Federico, what's your take on that? Well, actually, when Gaudí is, oh, I can see that you discover uh, Capriccio, the Capriccio at Comillas, because Gaudí was mostly sponsored by the Catalan nobility, and then we occasionally find some of his buildings in other places like León, Astorga, occasionally, some small towns in northern Spain. Uh, Gaudí is the most emblematic one. We have to consider that in those 1800s, Spain had a big social, political, and economical decline, and the only people who really did something new, those transgressors, were Gaudí and his two friends, Pucci Cadafalc and Domenech Montaner. 
complicated names. We usually call them Gaudí and his two friends. <laughs> even in Spain? Yeah, even in Spain. Oh, yeah. that makes me feel much better. And Federico, are there other great architects that we should know? I... We have actually just an example in Madrid, Antonio Palacios. Antonio Palacios is, is the man who is making extraordinary buildings in Madrid. We find the Fine Arts Circle, El Círculo de Bellas Artes. It's actually the best panoramic tower in Madrid, by the way. And then we find on the top of the tower Minerva, or Athena, the goddess of wisdom. So this is a modern architecture. It's a modern architecture, actually, that is from the beginning of the 1900s. You know, I love that. In Madrid, you can take a public bus from the Prado, Mm-hmm. And you can go see a lot of the great skyscrapers and modern art, which exactly. needs to be looked at also. And can sure. I add uh, the man that is perhaps the best known outside of Spain mm-hmm. right now as an architect, Santiago Calatrava. Mm-hmm. Now, people may not know his name, but if you're driving through Europe, you're going to go over his bridges. If you're traveling on a train, you're going to go through his railway stations that he's designed. And his work is these soaring roof lines and these... And his bridges are almost like ships with a mast and rigging and sails. And it kind of reminds you in some ways of uh, Spain's maritime heritage as they sail into the future. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been joined by Gene Openshaw, the co-author of the Rick Steves Europe 101 Art for Travelers Guidebook, and Federico Garcia Barroso, who's a guide who comes to us from Madrid. Gene, one last tip for anybody going to Spain to, to just get a little better connected with that Spanish creative spirit. Let's take the, um, the Dali Museum. Salvador Dali, of course, was Spanish. And the Dali Museum is a place not too many people get to, but it's easy to. It's a, just a short train ride out of Barcelona in the town of Figueres, which is where he was born. And it's just what you may expect, a surreal experience. You walk through and you see some of his paintings and some of his creations. You can see a uh, a couch that looks like Marilyn Monroe's lips. You can see, uh, you know, fruit stacked atop a column. It is a surreal experience. It's fun. Anyone can appreciate it. And I think it's, uh, to me, Spanish art is hard to categorize because there's so much to it. And in a way, Dali, with his surrealistic juxtaposition of images, took so many of the elements of Spanish culture, threw them in a blender, and then splattered them on the canvas. And I think that's a great way to appreciate the many layers of Spanish art. The Dali Museum outside of Barcelona in Figueres. In the town of Figueres. Federico, what would your tip be for making sure people get a little better appreciation of the Spanish creative spirit? I want to share with my friends that little chapel located in Madrid next to the river, a place called San Antonio de la Florida we find those frescoes by Goya, something quite unusual, really unique. Before he became a royal painter, working exclusively for the royal family in the royal palace, he painted those frescoes. He left us a gem, and it's just a little secret that we have there in Madrid for those people that already know Goya inside the Prado Museum, that they go outside and they find that those magic frescoes by uh, Goya. Frescoes in a sort of ensemble. Oh, yeah, yeah, in ensemble. And that's the beautiful thing. It's sort yeah. of uh, in situ, this ensemble, you appreciate the mastery of Goya. Jean and Federico, gracias. 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 Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com. 